Hi, I'm Rebecca Lair. And I'm Amy Choi, and we are the Mashup Americans. We like to say we're helping America one in-law at a time. Speaking of in-laws, I never would have celebrated Christmas without them. Because, I mean, I always celebrated Hanukkah, obviously, but I was 30 when I had my first Christmas. How's that going for you? Well... It turns out I actually love hanging ornaments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know. My big struggle now has been not to be mad when my family, (coughs) Rob, start decorating without me. (laughs) Oh, Rob, get it together, man. But this is it. This is the holidays. Awkward family moments, tree decorating etiquette. It's the time of year when you need a little extra support, and we got you. So here at Mashup HQ, questions come in over the wire all the time about the kinds of things that can make a mashup go, hmm. Hmm. All the time, actually. Like, what do I bring to a dole? Can I eat with my hands? Which hand? When do I stop helping my mother-in-law with the dishes? The answer to that is never. In fact, somehow Mashup may have started with these questions, <laughs> but right. it's holiday season and ye old inbox at yo at mashupamericans.com is blowing up. So many parties, so many people meeting OPP, other people's people for the first time. <laughs> so many questions. Yes. And like holidays just amplify everything. You're with family, you're with loved ones, or you're not. There's just like a lot of feelings and a lot of potentially awesome, potentially awkward situations. Right. So this week we are playing our dream roles, advice (laughs) columnists. Think of us as your mashup Ann Landers and Dear Abby, but you know, on a podcast. I think this is just secretly because we like to tell people what to do. Duh. Okay. Well, (laughs) so we thought it would be super fun to bring in a friend as co-host today. Another person who secretly, not so secretly, likes to tell people what to do. Our Eric Thomas is the funniest writer ever. He is an award-winning playwright and humorist and, as he says, person on the internet. You've probably read his column on L.com because they go viral every day. And also because if you follow anything that Mashup does, we are literally sharing his posts every day. They bring us to life and joy. <laughs> um, he's specifically been credited for getting the Internet hyped on Auntie Maxine Waters. Lizzie, will you get Eric on the line? Eric, I'm so excited to talk to you. You have on the line, Amy's here. Hello, Eric. Hello. To lead this off, we ask every guest, um, how do you mash up? Oh, I love that. Our Eric Thomas, how do you mash up? Uh, I am a uh, black, queer, uh, Christian writer, and I'm married to a uh, black, or sorry, a white gay pastor. My husband has two master's degrees, and... uh, uh, I dropped out of school, like the shop girls in um, <laughs> Well, first of all, I love that you almost called your white pastor husband black because truly I can think of like no better compliment than somebody accidentally calling you black. <laughs> but, I really forget. Um, <laughs> also that you pointed out that he was gay um, and he's your husband. <laughs> That's also important. <laughs> he's like... An outdoorsy, Eagle Scout uh, kind of guy, and I'm very much indoorsy. So, like, there are a lot of times that I'm like, is he gay? Is he gay? <laughs> do you, do you um, quote True Beverly Hills as I do on the regular? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do, I do. Because I my husband, 
is definitely like like that. And I'm like, Beverly Hills, what a thrill. Beverly Hills. I'm like, I'm not going to climb Mount Whitney in one day. That's a terrible plan. I, 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 I've literally said those words. <laughs> oh, I love it. So we are here today to talk about mashup holiday etiquette because all family moments are awkward, but like being a mashup just adds this layer of complexity and nuance and awesomeness and also challenge to like everything, right? So before we get to our reader questions, we would like to ask you a question, which is, what's your most awkward holiday moment? There was this one holiday, I guess it was two years ago, maybe. Um, and uh, I have two brothers, and they're both married to uh, white women, and um, and all, you know, my brothers are black as well. Um, and uh, there, there been all this drama around the sink at my parents' house, and like the sink was leaking. And my brothers are experts on everything, so they were like, "We got to tear this house down. We got they got to sell the house and move to a retirement home." And we're selling the house, and my parents are like, "Excuse us, we are like we are still in the room," and we're like, "Ignore you, ignore you," and. At one point, my brothers and I were all, like, gathered around the sink bickering about what to do with this pipe. Uh, then my parents <laughs> came in, and they, like, involved themselves in this uh, and tried to shut it down. And then we started doing dishes. Uh, and so then we're all doing dishes at this leaky sink. And we turn around, <laughs> and I think my mother says, where's all the white people? And all, the, <laughs> and all of the spouses were, like, two rooms away. And we're like, how are we in the kitchen at our, at our own house? <laughs> Well, the, the three Caucasians are, like, hanging out, max and relaxed and all cool, watching TV. So we like to tease them about that a lot. Sometimes my husband, who is white and comes from a much quieter family, let's just say, than my own, mm-hmm. he will he could be found potentially two rooms away because he'd be like, it's just too loud in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was also, it's like, we're all, like... Washy dishes, making jokes from 30 years ago, <laughs> screaming about the pipe. My husband enjoys, like, really loves my family, and they really love him. But there are times where I'm like, I'm sorry, we're just doing, we're doing the most, and I apologize. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good one. I hope that you're not always um, cleaning for the white family members. Um, <laughs> something to keep in mind. Um, so we have a few questions from listeners, um, and so here's one. I was invited to my boyfriend's family's church for Christmas this year, which is super exciting. He's black and Baptist. I'm Mexican and Catholic. My Catholic church that I grew up in has masses all in Spanish, and we literally had mariachis played during mass and then taco supper made by, you know, all the abuelitas after. What do I need to know about how a black congregation celebrates Christmas that is different than the very Latin Catholic midnight mass I grew up going to? I don't want to mess this thing up or do something stupid. Well, first of all, this is the most lit mass I've ever heard of. Like, (laughs) mariachi bands and then tacos. Like, you're halfway to a black church already. (laughs) Congratulations. Um, I think that's really interesting. I grew up Baptist and... One of the things that was really surprising to me going to church with my husband as an adult is how how quiet other church services can be. And and in a lot of ways, behavior-wise at least, a lot of Black Baptist churches are great places for people who don't know what they're doing or what they're getting into um, because the rules are simply that you approach the Spirit in whatever way uh, you want. You know, and like there are ideological things that I think 
can be complicated for some people within Baptist traditions in general, but like the expressiveness can be a, a real source of freedom. You know, I hope that this listener gets like the full experience. I want like ushers in like orthopedic shoes and white gloves, little <laughs> fans with like either Martin Luther King's face on them or Barack Obama's face on them on the front, and then like a funeral home advertisement on the back. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a staple. Like if they offer you a fan, a little paper fan, take that fan and hold on to it. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, no one is going to like you may not know the songs, even if you clap on the ones and the threes. <laughs> I mean that's not okay, but like, it, but actually this is this is the first coming from like a mariachi Catholic church. I think you'll be able to clap on two and four. I think she'll be fine. Right, and also if you're clapping on the ones and the threes, it's okay because you're still uh, clapping. And I think that's maybe like part of, like if you imagine that this question goes in reverse, that it's mm-hmm. also about like you know I think the listener was nervous about messing something up. But, like, if you're in the spirit of being there and sharing in somebody's tradition, it's hard It's hard to mess it up as long as you're not an asshole. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I, think, I, mean, I think that's a great rule for life in general, but I think especially for black church traditions. I think people want you to come into the doors um, and be with them in fellowship, you know. And there'll probably be a moment where they ask visitors to stand up you don't have to, but like stand up, let people love you. And other than that, you know, hopefully there's a meal afterwards and take all you can and then take some home. Is something inf- in truly infectious about that, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the, the joy and the, um, the presence that other people are, that the, the congregants and the congregation are bringing to that experience, you can't help but want to participate. In, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so just embrace embracing that and going with it is like it's only going to be a wonderful experience for that. Exactly. Yeah. So like in, enjoy it as much as, as you can. All right. So this question from a listener is a tough one, I think. Here goes. I love football. I've grown up on football. I play in football leagues and I was commissioner of my fantasy football league for years. And I did it with a bunch of my buddies. But I am boycotting the NFL this year. It's actually been really tough socially, which kind of surprised me. Watching football is a huge part of my relationship with my dad and my extended family. And it's basically the one thing we've always done together since I was a kid. I'm going back home for the holidays this year, and I don't know how to handle it. How do I not ruin the holiday and everybody's mood and not get into a huge fight with my relatives and all my friends from home over this? Yeah, that is really tough. I mean, I think it kind of boils down to the listener's family's relationship with boundaries, which I think can be hard for all families. Um, Isn't that what all family relationships are? Moving boundaries. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And so, like, I think that may be, you know, either the place where it gets tough or the place where it finds it, it reveals itself to be, like, a lot easier than it seemed. I would suggest, in advance, thinking of, another activity to do but like before or after so that like uh, the listener's father doesn't feel like they're missing out on um, a sort of treasured bonding experience. A lot of times when we let our families know about stances that we've taken um, that they may not agree with, they sometimes will read it as a rejection of their own or, or implication of their own values. Looking at the holiday as this time of family bonding, like and, and friend bonding, like 
finding an alternative route to that instead of engaging people in a, in a debate. I think that idea of like offering an alternative so that like they still get the bonding experience, that's really beautiful. Like I wonder if there's language that we can use. How do we make it clear that it's not a referendum on that other person? Right. Always speaking from the I perspective, um, using words that are very clear um, and maybe don't have as big a charge. Like I think boycott is a word that has a larger charge. Not to dance around the issue, but to say, like, I'm choosing not to watch football because I don't agree with the way the NFL is handling what's happening is a statement that, like, someone can challenge. But at the same time, like, you're just speaking from where you're coming from. Like, someone can say, like, well, what don't you agree with? I think it's also, you know, worth investigating, like, well, how much do you want to change your your father's mind? Um I've had disagreements that didn't escalate uh, with my parents. We were having lunch the other day, and we were talking about, like, something that's going on. And I just went into it presuming that we all agreed about how the city should should operate. And they quickly revealed themselves to, like, have the complete opposite opinion of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for a moment, I wanted to be like, what, are you crazy? Get out of here. we got to talk about this. And then I was like... Oh, okay. And I said, oh, well, I think we disagree on that. And they were like, yeah, we do. And I was like, all right, well, that's fine. (laughs) That is an exchange that would literally never happen in my family. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, by the way, I also want to talk about another thing here, which is that us boycotting the NFL uh, literally would mean nothing because I've been boycotting it since birth, (laughs) since I've never watched a game ever. And I, I understand that everybody has different connects into their families in such different ways this feels so foreign to me right right. but i think that's actually that's like a for us who talk about like things that other people don't talk about all the time like culture and race and identity like that seems so foreign to people like this is actually Mm -hmm. a great practice for us totally like we don't get it what's the big deal like and but it is it's a huge deal (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's a really fascinating thing. I think, you know, I, I feel the same way. I've never watched a football game uh, in its entirety. I'm not watching, but, like, but then when I, like, you know, there are some people who respond that way when I talk about, like, gender-neutral restrooms, and then people are like, oh, what did, like, why are you screaming so much? And I'm like, are you crazy? You can't go to that place because they refuse to have gender-neutral restrooms, and people think I'm a crazy person. So I totally get it. Well, we are a little bit crazy. Did you guys ever watch City Slickers? Yeah. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I knew I found my people here. Is that there's Jack a moment. Palance and Billy Crystal? You think I was going to miss that film? But there's a moment where they're, like, sitting around a fireplace and they're talking about, like, what's the big deal about baseball? Like, why does every man know, like, a stat from 1972 about the third season of... I don't even have the language to talk about it. But I think it's Daniel Stern's character makes the thing. He's like, you know what? Like, my dad and I literally... When I was about 18 and my dad and I couldn't communicate about anything at all, we, we could still talk about baseball. No, that, that was real. When did that movie come out? 25 years ago? Yeah. It's still, yeah. it's in my brain is like, uh, this is why sports is important. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting and also, like, really sad. And, like, not to, like, not... Not to denigrate sports, but, like, I think it speaks to, like, the the prison of masculinity. Um, and, you know, men just need to work on themselves in general. They're, that's the truth. I, I mean, like, full stop. I guess that's my full sentence, <laughs> actually. 
if I came from a family that loved award shows as much as I love award shows, I would <laughs> it would be a delight, you know, for me to be like go home and be like, who do you think is going to get Best Supporting Actress this year? Let's well, you can come it. to my family because they're like, you're not coming over for the Oscars, and then they play it at hundred decibels or whatever, like a, a lot of decibels. I don't even know. I don't know what the decibel measure is. So you are welcome. I will be there with bells on. Um, okay. So this is a Hanukkah question. I am going to a bunch of Hanukkah parties this year, which I love. But here's the thing. I know that there are eight days. I know there are candles, but I still can't totally figure out what it's about. I can't even figure out how to spell it. And there's no consensus on the Internet. And then even my Jewish friends who are hosting the parties say that Hanukkah isn't even a real holiday. Can I just come and hang out? Also, I feel kind of disrespectful. Okay, as the Jew here... I will answer some of these. Perfect. In my experience, and I think this is something that is a theme for all of us, is generally if you go somewhere with an open heart, especially a party for your friends, um, you don't really need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. If people have invited you and you go with an open heart, you're probably going to have a pretty good experience. Hanukkah, in terms of the holiest days in the Jewish year, it's not that important. Actually, the Sabbath, Shabbat, every week is actually the most important. It has really emerged as a holiday really in parallel with Christmas. And it's fun. Like, you don't have to go to temple for it. Sometimes it's nice to have, like, a holiday where you get to just do it at home. (laughs) It's kind of a war hero story about the Maccabees and then there's a fight, war, blah, blah. There was oil. There there was very little oil left. And... Basically, the little oil, which is only supposed to last a day, lasted for eight nights and helping everybody. So I think the answer to this question is go with an open heart. Mm -hmm. Pro tips, don't blow out the candles. If you're at a Hanukkah party, leave the special Hanukkah candles. They burn out themselves, and it's like kind of bad juju to blow them out. And if you enjoy latkes and fried food, you're just going to love it. So and bring your Tums. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Oh, the food is so good. That's the thing about, like, Christmas is that we, like, you know, turkey is great. I guess people have turkey. Christmas ham is nice. But, like, nothing beats a latke. Like, you just can't. No. No. Okay. This is a heavyweight question. I like this one. I am meeting my white boyfriend's family for the first time. I am not white. And given the year we've had, I'm worried about what kind of awkward or inappropriate things they might say to me. And also, what if it is get out? Anything I can do to feel less stressed or to prepare? I know, it's a lot. One place to start, like, limit the amount of time so you can get to know them without, um, without that fear. But that being said, it doesn't negate the fact that people do ask very awkward things and are potentially trying to steal your soul um, and your body. (laughs) You never know. We've talked a little bit about this, but how are we thinking about whether you want to just have shalom bias, which is like peace in the home? (laughs) If you're like, we're just going to get through this situation in a kind of as peaceful a way we can, or are you trying to educate somebody and bring them along? This is a four-hour period 
can I ignore them or what do I need to say to feel good in my own skin? Kind of like know what your strategy is going into it. I I would suspect that this person as a non-white person um, has had a lifetime of having these decisions. You know, I always have peppered the people I've been with uh, when meeting their families or, or, you know, even their friends. I've peppered them with questions. Like, I always like to know, like, exactly what I'm getting into. One, because I find we have blind spots, you know, um, in in spaces where we have privilege. So whether it's gender privilege or race privilege or sexuality privilege um, or any other kind of privilege, we may think, Oh no, everyone's fine. Like everyone's going to love you. Everyone's fine. And I've done I've done this. I've had people do this to me. And then you get to the situation and you know, your partner's definition of fine is not your definition of fine. So like really clarifying like be honest, do you think anyone's going to bring up the NFL or uh or you know, or trash Barack Obama or and they may say they may think you're being crazy. But it's it also will allow them to think about the experience from your point of view. It's a, such uh, really a good point because actually, like, so in my family's Christmas, for instance, my 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 husband's family, my in-laws, now my family, and they actually said the brunch we have on Christmas is like when all of our Jewish friends come over. <laughs> and there was something about knowing that actually was like, oh, I won't be right. the only only Jew. And even that knowledge is is very relaxing to go into. Yeah, asking as many questions as you need. I think it's good for the listener, and it's good for the listener's partner as like a sort of training. Um, I also love the idea of like knowing when you're going to leave. I love knowing when I'm going to leave. I don't care if it's a Beyonce concert. I know I like to know when I'm going to leave. <laughs> I could not um, agree more. Like I'm like, how long is this? Right, right. Give me the running time. Yeah, I don't well, know. I mean, I, maybe I think... that's if you're nervous about a situation going in, particularly with somebody else's family. This is like a strategic piece of advice for this listener is like, make sure you rent your own car. (laughs) Like you always have your escape plan. So it's not like, you know, sometimes with you're trying to save money or like you're staying at somebody's house instead of staying at a hotel and going to their house. I would always be like, okay, even if it's a stretch for you, don't for the first time stay in somebody's guest room. This also avoids a get out situation. Be like, mm-hmm. I have my own place, and if it's going wonderfully, you can stay until 3 in the morning. And if exactly. it's not going so great, you're done with dinner at 8, and you say bye. So we're talking here, this is first time, so let's make it a dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also like sort of investigating where your limits are and, and sort of having a system for saying to like your person, I need you to like either step in and you know tell your uncle that he needs to fall back or we need to go whether it's like squeezing of the hand or a look or whatever, making sure that you've got backup if you do feel uncomfortable for whatever reason. That is a great piece of advice. You know, what are some etiquette pro tips for the holidays? I think we've talked a little bit about running interference for each other and looking out for each other. We have don't blow out the Hanukkah candles. Another personal (laughs) one is like, don't get too angry when your father-in-law puts the ornaments on the Christmas tree uh, without you now, even though you've only been doing Christmas for five years, but now you feel sad if he does it without you. So just don't get too angry. That's a personal self-care tip. I think um, knowing that the person who is in the kitchen or persons that are in the kitchen are in charge. So like following their directions, staying out of their way and doing things exactly the way they say, even if it makes no sense to you and you know a much easier way to slice this turkey. They've been cooking for hours. Let them do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pro tip 
if you don't like spice, add yogurt, but don't ask for something not to be spicy because that's 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 no bueno. Oh, I like that. I that's like that not a much. thing that you would do. Know your limits, but be willing to try something. And um, you never know. Like I tried a spiralized ham. I don't like it. Um, and <laughs> I will probably, you know, it's it's not a delicious food to me. But of course, I tried it, even though it has a really weird, scary color. I still did. <laughs> I also like being curious about whatever you're doing or whoever you're with, mostly whoever you're with. Like, I think I don't think anyone minds if you ask questions mm-hmm. because then they get to tell stories about themselves. And I think everyone likes to talk about themselves. And I think the one thing that I would add personally is that I know that like holidays can be really tough for a lot of people and it can be kind of tricky. This is something that I noticed as I got older and older, it seemed to be that whenever I like went home for the holidays, I would suddenly regress to being 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like become like a kid who's like, this is my role in my family and this is how I am. But like as you go into kind of the chaos of the holidays in general, where like everybody wants you to do shit Mm -hmm. and it can be awesome stuff. But all of a sudden you're like you're getting invites to holiday parties that you like don't even really know the person but then your FOMO kicks in and you're like I have to go and then you're like why am I here you know or like I really don't feel good if I drink every single night but suddenly you're at a holiday party every night and then somebody's like being weird about you not having like your eggnog whatever it is or you just moved to a new city and maybe you're not being invited to holiday parties right and then you feel bad about that in all those scenarios like whether you feel overextended socially or like weird around your family or like you feel lonely the holidays can be so messy and awesome that it's a good time to just like check in with yourself Mm -hmm. and be like all right this is who i am this is what i actually want to do and what i actually feel excited about and like let that lead you i think that's really beautiful oh well eric i think you are beautiful it's true wait (laughs) can i add one more thing which is as we all are kind of playing our old roles when you're with your family and you're playing your 17 year old self amy is what is a way to kind of can we try to shift some of those things or ask somebody a question from the way you might ask a friend or a new colleague or somebody else? Like, I know I could certainly do that with my brothers who I see often, but in this time of year to say, like, ask them questions about themselves that I don't usually ask because we have such assumed roles. And, and with friends, too, to to grow and to feel, like, really connected into our communities, which is something we really need IRL right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Reminding yourself that everyone is human and beautiful is really important. You are beautiful in every single way. The other thing is that, Eric, the truth is that when I hear gospel music, I'm always confused about whether I am Christian. This, (laughs) This moves my heart and my soul. If this is what this is, I'm in. So that's how I feel when I listen to Mariah Carey. Oh, uh, yes. which song? What's your jam? Any, any. I celebrate her whole catalog. People who say that, like, Butterfly was a bad album. No, that's wrong. wrong. No, Butterfly's an amazing <laughs> album. I agree. Fake news, <laughs> right. <laughs> fake news. Okay. Eric, thank you so much. This was so fun. And I hope you have a wonderful, not awkward holiday season. Or awkward and just awesome anyway. <laughs> Thank you. I wish you all no spiralized ham and all the luck as you can eat. 
Thank you so much for helping out today, Eric. I think we got some great advice for our listeners. The next time the questions back up at HQ, we will make sure to call you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So let's sum up those pro tips again. Here's what we've got. One, know the timeline. Are we dropping in for an hour or a day? When will the credits roll? Very important. Uh, two, try things. Eat a latke, sing, dance, do all the stuff. Do it. Three, know yourself and pace yourself. You don't have to go to every party. Take care of you and let FOMO be damned. I'm really bad at letting FOMO be damned. I know. But I think that is excellent, excellent advice. Four, ask questions. Whether you're meeting someone or their family for the first time or the millionth time, people love the opportunity to tell you a story that probably stars themselves. And finally, number five, have a plan. Have a way to signal to your person or pal, like, I need help. Let's get out of here. It could be the squeeze of the hand. Rent your own car. Whatever that is, know know how you're going to get out of there. It's okay if holidays get a little awkward sometimes, as long as they're filled with love. And we love you. We love you so hard, and we want to see you. Hang with us on the socials on Twitter, Facebook, where you should also be following our Eric Thomas on Twitter at Our Eric, O-U-R-E-R-I-C. That's it for this week. The Mashup Americans are me, Rebecca Lair. And me, Amy Choi. Our producer is the great Lizzie Jacobs. Music this week by DJ Rob Swift. Our show is produced by American Public Media and Southern California Public Radio, KPCC. Happy holidays. Bye.